last 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Hello, Utah Street. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome into the Mass and All Access podcast series recaps, everybody. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Bobby Blanco. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are recapping a not-so-quick two-game series in Philadelphia to start this six-game road trip. Entering the series, the Nationals were 33-36 and 36 on the season and riding the stretch of winning nine out of their last 12, including an 8-3 and three homestand. There were only five games out of first place in the division behind the Mets and tied with the Braves for third place in the National League East, only one game behind the Phillies for second place. Just when I thought this would be an easy episode to record with just two games to recap against a division rival and then previewing another series against another division rival, this one turned out to be the craziest series we've seen all year, and it was only two games. And when I say this two-game series had everything, I mean this two-game series had everything. Let's break it down. At the end of the day, the most important thing to note is that the Nationals ended up winning the first game Tuesday night by a score of 3-2. to two. This was their eighth win in their last nine games. That moved them into a three-way tie for second place in the National League East. Max Scherzer allowed one run in five innings on 106 pitches in his first start back from a groin injury. The lineup scored three early runs on three RBI singles off Philly starter Zach Wheeler to take the lead. And Austin Voth and Brad Hand combined to record 10 big outs of relief with Tanner Rainey giving up a solo home run in between in the eighth and Hand stranding the bases loaded during the bottom of the ninth to earn his 16th save. That's what actually happened in gameplay. That's what actually matters. But what people are going to remember from this game the most are the antics that took place in between the game involving Max Scherzer and Joe Girardi and the Phillies. Monday began a new era in Major League Baseball, an era in which umpires are to inspect pitchers for foreign substances to help them better grip the ball, and managers can now ask umpires to check opposing pitchers with probable cause. And of course, Max Scherzer was starting in the Nationals' first game under the new rules. Both starters, Zach Wheeler and Max Scherzer, were checked for foreign substances as they walked off the mound in the first inning, from which I understand is standard practice, and they were also both checked after the third inning as well. Max, from the start, was clearly not happy with the process, taking off his hat and putting his hands up in the air like he's going through airport security the first two times. You would have thought those two checks would have been enough, but then Joe Girardi took matters into his own hands by asking the umpires to check Scherzer's hands, his cap, his glove, his belt, and anything else that might have been covered in a foreign substance during the bottom, during the bottom of the fourth. Keep in mind, during, in between batters, not at the end of the inning. That was the last straw for Max, who threw down his hat and glove and started to unbutton his belt and was close to pulling his pants down until the umpire stopped him, telling him that he just needed to do his job. David Martinez even came all the way out to defend Max and blame Girardi for some gamesmanship. Then things got really interesting after the fifth inning when Max retired the side by striking out JT Realmuto. As he walked off the mound, Max gave Girardi and the Phillies dugout a death stare, and the manager came out of his dugout, started yelling and gesturing at the Nationals as if he wanted to fight them. He seemed to be saying, come on and let's go to Max and the Nationals dugout. Anyways, Girardi was ejected. The Nationals dugout mocked him with some good performances from Jim Hickey, Kevin Long, and Tim Bogar, while Max sarcastically had out his cap and glove one final time, basically saying, you can check me again, I've gotten nothing. All that is to say that the Nationals won 3-2 in an otherwise good ball game. 
And we've got some great content and visuals from that extracurricular activities. You should check out social media to see all those videos and gifts. The box score, Max improved to 6-4. and four. Zach Wheeler fell to 5-4. and four, And Hand earned his 16th save, like I mentioned. Three runs, nine hits, one error for the Nationals. Two runs, six hits, zero errors for the Phillies. Juan Soto had a two-for-five day with two runs scored that night, and Josh Bell added an RBI, and Jan Gomes went two-for-four with two RBIs. After the game, Davey and Max each took the high road when asked about the substance checks and uh, the gamesmanship played by Phillies manager Joe Girardi. I thought the umpires, you know, I, I thought the umpires did a good job with it. I really did. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's part of the game now, and uh, they did that due diligence. So uh, as far as uh, Joe's concerned, I think he's got to answer the tough questions about that. You know, I don't need to answer that. So um, bottom line is, you know, we went one to know today. Boys came out and played. They kept their composure. Um, we finished the game and, and it was a good win for us. So uh, we're just going to come back tomorrow and go one and no tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, the two checks were, I guess, normal, you know, umpires, you know, this is new for everybody, but uh, you know, like, Hey, they're checking your hat, they're checking your glove. I mean, you're, you're ready for them to check your hands, you know, I wasn't, you know, just using rosin tonight, so wasn't doing anything. That, that's all fine. And obviously, Girardi, um, you know, for me, it's, you know, kind of confusing. Um, if you watch the bomb at bat, um, you know, I just, I almost put a 95 mile an hour fastball on his head because the ball slipped out my hand. Um, you know, the whole night I was sick of kind of licking my fingers and tasting rosin the whole night. So the only part I couldn't even get sweat from the back of my head because it wasn't a really a warm night. Um, so for me, I, the only part that was sweaty on me was actually my hair. Um, so I had to take off my hat to be able to try to get any type of, uh, you know, try to get some type of moisture on my hand, uh, to try to, you know, mix with the, mix with the rosin. And so, um, you know, for me, that's that's the confusing part is I'm just trying to get a grip of the ball. And you can even watch in that previous at bat, the ball slipped out of my hand, almost drilled something in the face. Did you view his decision as performative or an actual like baseball thing? I don't know. It, it, I'm not I'm not just going to get into it. It's just it is what it is. It, you know, just for me, it, it's it, when you look at the, how the game unfolded and, and you specifically that at bat, um, you know, I, I don't you know, for me, I, I don't think. I have to be an absolute fool to actually use something tonight when everybody's intent is out of, you know, everybody's intent is, you know, so far high to look for anything. So, you know, it is what it is, whatever. Turn the page, move on. I have to agree with Davey Martinez there. The umpires did a good job. They were just doing their job, right? I mean, this is not their fault. This was what they were told to do from the league. Uh, and Joe Girardi was just clearly playing games right there. We heard the quotes from Mike Rizzo the day after on 106.7 The Fan with the sports junkies talking about how he's a con artist. Uh, he knows Girardi well. Uh, it seemed like Joe was just trying to get someone from the Nationals ejected, whether it be Max Scherzer, whether it be Davey Martinez. You don't come charging out the field uh, out of your dugout without another intent like that to maybe have Max kind of retaliate and also get him ejected, even though Max was already on his way out of the game at that point anyway. But uh, the Nationals handled it well. They won the game. That's what matters. Let's move on to Wednesday. And if you watched the series finale Wednesday afternoon, I'm sure you're still recovering from the emotional roller coaster ride that the Nationals and Phillies pushed you through. I know I still am. I still can't believe how that game went. The Nats were looking for their ninth win in 10 games and to move into sole possession of second place in the National League East with a sweep of the Phillies. They had Eric Fetty on the mound and his 20 scoreless inning streak going, so they had to feel pretty good about their chances. But it didn't start so well for the Nationals or Fetty, who saw his scoreless inning streak come to an end after 21 innings. The Phillies jumped out to a 5-0 lead by scoring five runs over the four innings Fetty could muster for David Martinez and the Nationals. 
but his offense will let him off the hook, tying the game up with five runs in the top of the fifth, thanks to an RBI double by Starling Castro, an RBI single by Victor Robles, and a three-run home run by the hottest hitter on planet, Kyle Schwarber. On a breaking ball, it's hit well to left. See you later. New pitcher, new ball game. That was Schwarber's 10th homer in 12 games to give him 19 for the season, the third most in the National League, and equal to trade Turner, Juan Soto, and Victor Robles' combined totals. But the Phillies would answer right back in a big way. With Kyle McGowan pitching, the Phillies started a two-out rally on back-to-back singles and a walk to set up a pinch-hit grand slam by Andrew McCutcheon, giving the Phillies a 9-5 lead and leaving McGowan charged with four runs and just two outs recorded, needing Wander Suero to come in and record the last out. If that wasn't a crazy enough sequence, we were just getting started in the top of the sixth. Trey Turner hit a two-out, two-run single to cut the Phillies' lead in half, and then after a Soto walk, Josh Bell delivered a big blow of his own in the form of a go-ahead grand slam. Bell, big fly, left center, see you later! This was the first game in Major League Baseball history that both teams each hit a three-run homer and a grand slam in the same game, obviously resulting in a lot of offense off these depleted bullpens. And we still weren't done because the deeper we got into the game, the more each manager had to dig into their bullpens that were already filled with injuries and guys who weren't available. Up 11-9, to heading into the bottom of the seventh, the Nats were asking Sam Clay to complete his second inning of the afternoon, but the Phillies got to him to get within one run. And then in the bottom of the eighth, with Austin Voth and Tanner Rainey pitching, they were able to continue that rally and score two more to take a 12-11 lead and now only needing three more outs for a series split. But as has become a stable for the Nationals under Davey Martinez, this team did not quit. Facing Phillies closer Hector Neris, the Josh's Bell and Harrison got back-to-back singles to lead off the inning, and after an Alex Avila sack bunt to put them both into scoring position, Starling Castro delivered the eventual game-winning blow with a two-run single to center field for a 13-12 lead, setting off an explosion in the Nats' dugout. The Nats just needed a save and three outs to escape Philly with a two-game sweep, and they got it from who else but Paulo Espino, who almost got out of the inning on four pitches, if not for a fielding error by Jordy Mercer, which was a tough call because the ball bounced into his face and had him bleeding from his mouth. But with a lack of bench options this late in the game, Mercer toughed it out, swallowed his blood, as he told Davey Martinez on the field, and caught the last out on a line drive from Brad Miller, sealing the 13-12 win in the craziest game we've seen in this season, maybe the craziest game we've seen from the Nationals in a long time. Looking at the box score, Tanner Rainey earned the win, Naris took the blown save and the loss for the Phillies, while Paulo Espino who earned his first Major League save a week after his first Major League win, with Martinez calling him the Nats' secret weapon after the game. 13 runs, 12 hits, 1 error for the Nationals, 12 runs, 15 hits, 0 errors for the Phillies. All the Nats' starting position players reached base at least once, with Soto and Avila the only ones to not record a hit and instead drew walks. Turner had a 3-for-4 day with two RBIs, a run scored, and a walk, while Castro also went 3-for-4 with three RBIs, two runs scored, and a walk, and Josh Bell finished 2-for-4 with two runs scored, a walk, and the four RBIs off the Grand Slam. After the game, David Martinez got emotional talking about this incredible victory and Josh Bell's role in it. If you had to sum that up, how would you? One word. Boom. (laughs) That's a boom game, huh? That's a boom game right there. 
Hey, there's no way to sum it up. I mean, hey, we kept battling back. I mean, we were down five. We battled back. They came back. We battled back. They took the lead. And at the end of the day, you know, uh, we were 1-0. David, this, um, I'm sure there are parts of this win that you don't love, just some of the runs given up, whatever it may be. But do you learn something about your team today, given the when you got out 13-12? Um, I don't know. Is there anything you learned about your team? Oh, I've, said it, I've said it all along. You, you, even even the days when we weren't, you know, we weren't quite winning the games that we, you know, we thought we should win, uh, you know, based on just not getting a hit here or there, you know, I sit back in my office and I always said, these guys, man, you know, if we could string some hits together, you know, and and start putting the ball in play and doing the little things that you know we're capable of doing, we'll win. We'll we'll start winning some games consistently. And and hey, you saw it tonight, you know, uh, you know, big home run by by Jay Bell. I mean, that was that was huge. I mean. Um, two strikes, you know, being able to stay on the ball, hit the other way, uh, you know, that was that was big, you know. I mean, I, I mean, to me, that that, that was that was the, that was the, the moment right there where I, I told myself, you know, that that made him a national right there. I mean, that really did make him a national. So um, hopefully, he keeps it going now. The Nats are now 34 and 36 on the season and riding a stretch in which they won 11 out of their last 14 and 9 out of their last 10 games as one of the hottest teams in baseball. They are only four games out of first place in the division behind the Mets and stand solely in second place with a one-game lead over both the Braves and Phillies. The Nationals conclude this six-game road trip with four games in Miami starting on Thursday. Let's take a look at the opposite dugout. Don Mattingly's Marlins are 31-42, and 42, last in the National League East, nine games back of the Mets. Over their last 10 games, they're 3-7 and seven and are 7-14 and 14 so far in June, by far their worst month of the season to date. In their season series against the Nationals, this is their second meeting. Of course, they were swept over three games in D.C. at the end of April, beginning of May. The pitching probables for this four-game set Thursday night's opener, Joe Ross will face right-hander Cody Petit, 7-10 p.m. start on Masson 2. Friday night starter will be left-hander John Lester versus right-hander Pablo Lopez. 7-10 p.m. start on Masson 2. And then Saturday afternoon, a 4-10 start. Also on Masson 2, Patrick Corbin will face right-hander Zach Thompson. And Sunday's finale, we'll see Max Scherzer take on right-hander Sandy Alcantara. A 1-10 p.m. start also on Masson 2. The Marlins have kind of fallen back to where we expected them to be this season since the last time the Nationals saw them. Entering that first series, the Marlins were only two games under 500 and a half game out of first place in the National League East and a half game above the Nationals. They left that series five games under 500 and in last place by two and a half games and haven't really recovered since. There were a few fluctuations in the standings in May, but now Miami is firmly in last place, looking like the worst team in the division, like everyone thought. And that's okay, since this is a team that is still in the process of rebuilding, even though they're trying to contend at the major league level this season. But by my book, they're doing it the right way while setting up their future nicely and also trying to field a respectable major league team. The Marlins offense is in the bottom half of the league in most statistical categories. Adam Duvall leads the way in terms of power with the team best 16 homers and 52 RBIs, but he's hitting a pretty miserable 213 with a 720 OPS. Jesus Aguilar has also added 12 homers and 50 RBIs while batting a much more respectable 264. Starling Marte is slashing 326, 429, and 526 with a 954 OPS, while rookie Jazz Chisholm Jr. is hitting 253 with 8 homers and 24 RBIs. Cody Poteet gets the ball to start the series opener. The 26-year-old rookie was originally drafted by the Nationals in 2012 out of high school, 
but he decided to attend UCLA and was drafted by the Marlins in the fourth round in 2015. He's 2-2 two two with a 390 ERA on the season, though he's posting an 844 ERA over his last three starts, giving up 10 earned runs and 10 walks over 10 and two-third innings. Pablo Lopez starts Friday night's game for his second outing against the Nationals this season. He pitched seven scoreless innings while earning a no decision in his April outing at Nationals Park and is 3-4 and four with a 286 ERA on the year. Zach Thompson is the second rookie Don Mattingly will throw this weekend, starting Saturday's late afternoon game. He made his Major League debut earlier this month and only lasted three innings against the Red Sox, but pitched five scoreless innings en route to his first win and his second start against the Braves. He's already 1-2 and two with a 150 ERA to start his very young career. And Sandy Alcantara will get to face Max Scherzer in Sunday's finale. A veteran on this team, the 25-year-old, is 4-6 and six with a 293 ERA this season. He has completed at least eight innings in four out of his last six starts to the tune of a 2.03 ERA, though the Marlins have only won two of those games. In his career against the Nationals, he's 1-5 with a 6.46 ERA in six starts. Out of the bullpen, Marlins relievers actually have a 3.71 ERA that ranks fourth in the National League, and they are led by right-handed closer Yimi Garcia, who has a 2.89 ERA and 11 saves in 14 chances. Lone Depot Park won't be at full capacity until next month, but they have lifted the mask mandate for the 27% capacity crowd that is allowed this weekend for fully vaccinated fans. So there will be a decent crowd, maybe, at uh, the, in the stands for this series against the Nationals. That's going to do it for this series recap. Be sure to tune in to the Marlins series this weekend on Mass in 2. Thank you so much for tuning in to this crazy episode of the Mass and All Access podcast recaps. Uh, be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast on all ac- podcasting platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and check out our live episode each week. Myself and Amy Jennings, if you're listening to it now early Thursday, we're going to be live later Thursday afternoon. And you can also check out that full episode on all your podcasting platforms after the fact. And then we'll also be going live on all the Mass and Nationals uh, social media accounts next Tuesday. Give Mass and Nationals a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and check out our YouTube channel as well. Give uh, MassandSports.com's coverage from Mark Zuckerman a, a follow. He does a great job in the area for covering the Nationals. And you can also give me a follow on Twitter at Bobby underscore Blanco. Our next episode will drop Sunday night. Maybe Monday morning recapping this Marlins series and looking ahead to a single makeup game against the Mets back home at Nationals Park on Monday night. Until then, enjoy the games, and we'll talk to you later.